0: Welcome to episode fifty-seven of From the Shed M podcast with myself T. As always, Theo, how are you doing? It's
1: been a it's been a very long, long time. It feels like uh, almost a year without recording, but it's only been a couple of weeks. But I'm good. I'm good. Enjoying the last day of sunshine here in London. Just about recovered from my my head concussion <laughs> that I had last week. Um, so hopefully I talk a bit of sense on today's episode and not not uh, utter gibberish. But um, how are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, like yourself. You know, just enjoying the sun well what's left of it anyway it's a bit cloudy today but um but yeah you know just enjoying enjoying the the sort of time away from Chelsea and sort of watching a few of the international games um although I did watch a very good game Wrexham versus Dover 6-5 wasn't it 6-5 so I managed to get like a dodgy stream to watch that randomly because I was struggling for football um and did have Nott's County on at the same time um but yeah good two good games to watch and obviously a couple of international games but i am missing chelsea of course chelsea's our first love so um let's let's take it back cause like you said we haven't recorded for a few weeks now so let's take it back to Lille, which um, you you was there um, if you haven't already before we in fact no let's let's do the the celebrations first we've got 5000 followers on instagram or 5000 plus Followers on Instagram, which is a massive achievement. I know you do a lot of work on there, so that's a massive achievement in itself. Um, we're close to, um, we, you know, we get into a thousand followers on Twitter, slowly, slowly creeping up. But to get five thousand is an achievement in itself. But the reason I bring that up is not just to say follow the socials, which you can see at the top of the the page here, but also because a lot of the content that you you posted, um, and which I'm sure you'll bring up in a minute around the the Lil game. Um, was all posted on our Instagram account. So but what, I mean, let's let's talk it through because obviously there's a lot to unpick um, from it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a brilliant away day to start off. Uh, really quite very easy to get to from um, from London, just Eurostar to, uh, straight to Lille um, before it gets to Brussels. So about an hour and a half on the train. Next thing you know, in, you're in Lille. And despite reading all the kind of COVID restrictions and protocols, it was fairly straightforward. Um, I think, you know, they've kind of eased the, the rules now, wearing a mask around this, the... The French city was quite chill, if I'm honest, as well. He didn't really have, feel forced to wear one. But um, no, Chelsea fans were brilliant out there. You know, enjoyed a few drinks, met some great great Chelsea fans, good uh, good vibes. We staying in a hotel with a bunch of Chelsea fans that I recognized off Twitter. So got to have a few pre-match drinks with them in the hotel reception as well. And um, no, it was really good. Um, but like we all know, just the French police being the French police, they just love to start drama Altercations just out of nothing, and um, I'm sure if you read from some some good sources online, you know that the Chelsea fans were—I want to say—well behaved. They were well behaved. They were just enjoying the football atmosphere, just participating in some you know some chants, some some football banter, talking about Boris Johnson a lot to the government, like you do. Some some really good and witty banners. But um, I've been to two away days in, in in France. I've been to Paris for PSG against Chelsea back in 2015. This was my second trip to, to France to watch Chelsea in Lille a few weeks ago. And the two times I was out there, we've been tear gassed just from nothing. You know, just the French police just surround us all. And for no reason, they see a bit of a commotion and they just feel the need to throw tear gas, hitting Chelsea fans with batons, getting the right shields out. It's just unnecessary. It's so unnecessary. You know, all these era of football hooligans is, is long gone now. Um, these Chelsea fans, just like all football fans, they like to enjoy a few drinks before the game. We were going to head off into the tube anyway to go to the, the stadium. And even leaving the stadium, just leaving the stadium, they, um, they, they make it such a hostile atmosphere. It's like they're lined up all together with German shepherds on, on leashes barking at you. It almost feels like you're being led to a concentration camp, but you're actually going yeah. to a metro station. It's so it's so hostile, and it just makes you feel like, is it really worth you know going all the way to these cities to get tear gas, to, to be treated like that by the French police, to feel so unwelcome as well? But, um, yeah, and then they, also my face ended up on the Daily Mail, the Sun, the Metro, all of that. And oh, that's really? Not I
0: thought you... it was just, just the one. Got, no, got...
1: no, it was more than one. <laughs> it, I think um, the Mirror as well, you know, all those cheap tabloid newspapers. Yeah. They they use my face as the front image. Chelsea fans involved with, you know, police and Roman Abramovich shots. And my face is there, which is not what I want to be seeing. And yeah, my mum as well wasn't very best pleased. Yeah, um, yeah of course. But no, a class away day, um, good result as well. I've been t- to watch Chelsea abroad a couple of times, in fact, fifth time, actually. This is the first time I actually see them win. So um, about time, it was long overdue. And performance-wise, I thought it was a decent performance. Could have been better. But, you know, we had the 2-0 lead, so um, that's what
0: counts. Yeah, there's uh, yeah. I mean, like I said before, there's a lot to unpick. And just just in terms of that, I mean, obviously, going over there, you know, you don't expect to get that sort of treatment and you know i think back to um the at- 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 atletico i think was that came to liverpool a few few seasons ago just before the covid the first lockdown and i um, i was working in liverpool at the time city centre and i remember and it's not just their, their fans not i'm just picking on them because it's one that i remember recently but you know they would always take over the city and you know there was it was peaceful it was they were happy just to sort of take over the city they were charting down the street they were and you expect that from football fans when they go to another you know another european city or, or wherever um you kind of expect a little bit of not rowdiness but you expect a little bit of you know we're just happy to be in another you know outside of england especially as well and you expect a lot of that and it's no different to a saturday you know you go to to an away day on a saturday it's the same thing so um to to hear and to see some of the pictures that i got to see you know in terms of you know the 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 tear gas and the batons being drawn out it's just it's so like over the top you you know it doesn't need to happen um you know i can only imagine i mean you wasn't the only one that i I saw you know there was loads of different people on online you know showing that the effects of it as well um in terms of the tear gas and just yeah, I mean, in the papers is a totally different. I mean, I've I said this loads of times on social media, but they're the just the, the the lowest of the lowest. You know, they'll the fact they can just take someone's images and videos and and post them and spin a narrative that isn't even true. And like you just said as well, it can have a, a long lasting effect that can infect your employment. It can infect your family home. It could affect so many different things that they just don't take into consideration, which is is weird to me. But um yeah, I just can't believe. I, I, when you sent me the images, I think at first I didn't realize it was you. I just looked and I thought oh, it's, a, it's a really shit like story that they're they're trying to spin it. And then you you told me afterwards, like, no, look, who's the? It's me in the picture. I was like, oh shit, yeah, it's you. And I was like, yeah, is this this is crazy? But um, you know, what what what's like the what can you do for? That? I don't know. I mean, you, I don't know if, because it's on social media. I'm pretty sure. Um, there's like a loophole in there that would potentially allow them to just pick an image or a video off, off, um, you know, a social account and just use it. But what I think they should do is credit where it's come from, regardless of the story that they're trying to push, they, they should or at least notify you that we're using this image. Do you object? I think that should be the sort of courtesy side of it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because I actually work for a social media management platform. So I deal, I help brands with their social media a lot. And um, one of the rules that we always kind of encourage when talking about user generated content and leveraging other people's content is always ask for permission, always ask for permission regardless of where you repost it to, whether you screenshot the image, put it in a PowerPoint presentation or whatever it may be, always ask for permission. Mm. And clearly, you know, The Sun, The Daily Mail, all these scummy newspapers didn't ask me for my permission. And like you said, it may affect me later in my life. My my face is forever there on that article Mm. um, alongside, you know, Putin's name, Roman Abramovich's name and these kind of uh, bad bad terms I suppose in today's world and it's, it's not really what I want to be seeing and mm. I try, tried to put it behind me I kind of laughed it off in the end and did find it, it relatively funny I suppose but it's not it's not that funny if I'm honest
0: not not at the time as well when you just you just want to enjoy the game but um, just, just in terms of the game itself yeah I do, I agree it wasn't it wasn't the best performance and I, I feel like we went into the game knowing that we had that 2-0 cushion going into it um, I wanted to ask you around the penalty um, that was given to Lil the, I think it was Jorginho that gave it away. A good good penalty taken by Yilmaz, I think it was. Um, Do did, did you think it was handball, looking back on reflection?
1: I mean, just I think given on what's been given previously in previous games, you know, ball to arm, whatever, ball to chest, whatever you want to call it, is I think it is a handball. I think had it gone the other way, um, Chelsea fans would have agreed that it was a handball. So um can't really complain. Um, and like, fortunately, it was just their only goal of the game and the only goal they got in the tie. So... It is what it is, but I think it was probably a pen.
0: Yeah, and I think I think Yomaz was probably one of their better players in that second leg. I thought he kind of orchestrated a lot of the movement up front, and um, I think he had a couple of chances as well. Um, didn't really work Mendy, but it's still chances that they should have taken or could have taken a little bit better. But Jorginho did redeem himself. I thought it was a brilliant pass into uh, Christian Pulisic for the for the goal. Um, yeah, I mean it was almost the best in worst of Jorginho in, a, in that game you know the, the handball but then that that exquisite pass that you know he can do he can give you that as well um and Pulisic as well I think I can't remember before the game um if I'd said to you or I said to someone you know he, he slowly finds in that form that we know Pulisic has got in him um and he showed it again I mean even I think it was yesterday or the day before for, for USA I think he scored a hat trick I think it was yesterday he scored a hat trick so we know he's got it in him we just need to see a little bit more for Chelsea as well
1: yeah, I mean, the Jorginho pass, year, was exquisite. It was like a Cesc Fabregas pass cutting through the defence. And the timing of that goal was brilliant because all the Chelsea fans were slowly getting a bit nervous before half time, seeing that they were 1-0 up, 2-1 in aggregate. Obviously, no away goal rule um, in in the you know, this season in the Champions League. So the timing of that goal was brilliant to go into half time, 3-1 up in aggregate. And the finish from Pulisic was brilliant. The angle was really, really tight. So I don't think anyone expected him to score from there. You know, had his name been Mo Salah or Vinicius Jr people would be talking about that goal a lot but he is a young talent he is a brilliant player he's slowly regaining his form like we saw last towards the end of last season maybe so I think um, he'll be a big player to have in the, in the last couple of months and particularly in the, the Real Madrid ties and hopefully in the semi-finals of the Champions League as well
0: yeah I, I agree I agree and, and obviously Mason Mount who again has kind of had mixed reviews over his last couple of performances but I, I thought uh, especially in the game, the Champions League game, I thought he put in a good shift. I thought he played really well, um, and I thought the assist. I mean, it was a it was a ball across the you know the box that you just needed someone to get their, their head or their foot onto the end of it. But it was still a, a very good goal. And obviously, Cesar Spequeta, who I think his last Champions League goal. I'm sure I read this was against Lille. 2019, I think it was.
1: Yeah, December 2019 against Lille in the home leg. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I think I think that's what. I mean, you know, again, you know, he's been a brilliant servant to the club. Um, deserved the goal. I thought he played really well as well. But um, you mentioned Real Madrid. Can can we do it?
1: I think so. I do. I, I'm confident. I don't. I hate being too confident when it comes to football because it always you know, bites me back and backfires. But um, you saw what they, without Benzema there, they look like a very weak team. We saw that in the Clásico where they lost 4-0 to Barcelona, who haven't been having the best of seasons themselves. But uh, on paper, I think we are the better team. We've got a more, a better squad, a a lot better squad um, defensively as well. I don't feel like since they've lost Ramos and um, those type of players, they look a lot weaker defensively. Because in Militao and... I can't remember who, who the other centre-back is. Um, maybe Ferlon Mendy or... Um, but, um, but yeah, they don't have Varane anymore as well. I think is the one to watch, obviously. We know what he's capable of doing. We saw that in the previous tie against PSG, a hat-trick out of nothing. But um, I'm, I'm also a lot more confident that um, Rudiger and Silva and Kirk can handle Benzema better than, um, than Marquinhos and Kipembe can. So um, I am confident. I'm really, really confident, and we'll have fans for those legs as well, which is really, really important. I was really worried it'd be an empty, half empty Stamford Bridge and no away mm. fans in the Bernabeu. But, um, but no, I'm confident. Uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting tie. It's going to be very different to the ones that were played last last season in the empty stadiums. Shame we won't get to see Hazard back at Stamford Bridge. He's, he's going for his surgery at the moment. But, yeah, um, it's a shame. Yeah, it would have been a nice welcome back for Eden Hazard. because He did say, I think in his farewell message, he hopes that Chelsea get to play around Madrid every season after he leaves so you know he gets to meet the fans again but we've played him twice now and he hasn't really had the the kind of uh farewell or the little um reunion with the fans that he deserves so that's a shame um but no it'll be a very good tie i think but i am fairly confident
0: yeah no it'll be be good you know be a good game um the reason i brought brought up this screen is because obviously we've we've got brentford at the weekend who we're going to get on to soon but um you know, you look at those, those, those sort of ties there. Now you've got Brentford, Southampton, Southampton in between, um, a relatively difficult fixture, uh, in terms of Real Madrid. Then we have Real Madrid again after that as well. So, um, and then you, you look at those fixtures in between the two champions league games and you, you do kind of fancy, um, no, no, there's no easy game in my opinion in the Premier League, especially at the moment, um, you know, the way that the Premier League's gone this season. But I just think, you know, playing Brentford, you kind of expect us to beat them. um, the same with southampton as well so it's probably a good time to fit those two fixtures in between you know um those two premier league games for me but I, I, you know i'm like you you know i think we can i think we've got every reason to think that we can get through through the uh, the next leg of the the champions league i think you know we've we done it last season um i think you're 100 correct you know Real Madrid looks completely different. I think I turned off the El Clasico in the end because it was it was just that one sided. It was just boring. But uh, I think when they've got Benzema in the team, we know he's the threat. He's the one that everything goes through. He can make anything happen. So if he, you know, it's a shame that Hazard isn't there because I think you know he'd be up for the game. I think he'd be as much as he he wouldn't want to come back and at the expense of Chelsea put Real Madrid through. But I think he would have to. You know, I think he can do that. Um, Real Madrid aren't a bad team. You know, and I think again you know we have to respect them like any team that comes to to stanford bridge but i just look at the team i think this break now that the say break but the international break um the stuff that's going off field on off field as well um it might help the club we might just springboard just onto the, the rest of the season and actually want to run through brick walls for thomas tuchel so i i think that's for me, what I'd like to see from the club, from the from the players, I'd love to see them just go out there and just treat every game like it. You know, it's the last game that they're ever going to play. Um, if they can do that, you know, I said I said a few weeks ago, I think we can get to the final and do back to back Champions Leagues.
1: Yeah, I mean, you talk about Chelsea's form. I think since the new year, we've only lost one game against Man City, if I'm correct, and then we drew with Brighton, and I yeah. guess we drew with Liverpool and lost on, on penalties. But our form in 2020 2022 has been really really good um despite everything going on you know in the background of the club and the uh, the ownership um i just wanted to also point out it's not the same Real Madrid side that won four champions leagues in the space of four or five years they're a very different club now change of um they've got a new ma- new manager s- similar s- similar face but he's come back now with a different squad no more Ronaldo. bale's been clearly left out of the squad um, he's actually <laughs> played very very well the other day um for wales yeah. But um one player I wanted to point out for Chelsea who could really make a difference for us is Reese James. If Reese James is fit, I think it'll be a fairly comfortable tie. If he's still kind of finding his fitness and struggling without injury, then it might be a lot trickier having uh, Aspi on right right wing back or having to play with a back four, maybe even. So um yeah, I think it will be very reliant on um Reece James' fitness as well.
0: I think it's interesting because I, I don't know, I, I think we seem to be rushing Reese James back. And I think if he isn't fit or he's half fit, which is what I think happened previously, you know, he's not fully, you know, he's not fully fit with rushing back. We've done the same with Angola Kante as well a few times. I think I'd like to see him sit this one out in the first leg. I really would. I think if it, if it's the case that we can cope with Cesar speer in the first leg, let's, I mean, he's a, he's a veteran. He's someone that's, you know, be, be, we've got to think of a as someone who yes, he's aging. Yes. He's getting older. He's getting slower, but he still knows how to do a job there. And I think, um, if it came down to it, I wouldn't be disappointed to see him in the team, but I, I you know, I back you up hundred percent. Um, you know, Reese James is a game changer. He can, you know, he can provide assist. He can get forward a bit more as well. And I think in a game like that against Real Madrid, you, you know, you do need someone who can do that. um, but,
1: but
0: you, do, just, you do need experience as well like. that's just bad to say would, would I be would I be sad to see someone who's experienced as Cesar Aspia in the team probably not but um, I do get what I, you know, 100% get what you mean and I think you know he's he's um, Rhys James is someone that can can definitely change the game if, we, if we're if needing a goal I'd rather see Rhys James on that right-wing back position than Aspia Um, you know we want to try and make sure we don't leave ourselves too much to do in the second leg if it is that you know we do Need to go to the second leg and try and get a result.
1: Yeah, no, because I think look, thinking back when we played uh, Real Madrid last season in the semis, it, Aspi did start. I think the first leg. I can't remember about the second leg. I can't remember mm. if he started the first leg at right wing back or or centre back in a back three. But he did a decent job. I remember. So you need to find that kind of mix of youth and you know energy and and players that can provide goals like Rhys James. But you also need your captain, who is La Quetta who could provide that experience, give that that um, half um, half the halftime team talk so he'll be a really important player to have um, whether he plays you know he starts the game whether he comes on as a sub or whatever he's even just sitting on the bench giving that talk um, but no I think um, regarding Rhys James he um, he sat out Norwich Newcastle Lille away and Middlesbrough so he missed about the first uh, two weeks before the international break and now he's resting again for another two weeks having been um, withdrawn from the England squad mm. you'd, you'd hope four weeks is about enough for him to find his fitness and maybe miss out the Brentford game, but play a part for Real Madrid, I think he'll be ready. I really hope he'll be ready. But like you said, you just don't want to rush him and have to lose him for another month or so.
0: Yeah, it's a fair, I mean, it's a fair comment. You know, I think, I think someone his age, the injury that he had, yeah, you know, a month, five weeks, is, is for me is enough, but it's just whether, it, whether, it, you know, we risk him. You know, if we risk him against Brentford, then it's a reoccurring injury. But um, you know, we'll have to see. Hopefully, Thomas Tuchel, as always, you know, we trust in him to get it right. Um, let's let's talk about if we do advance further into the Champions League, and, and we look at yeah, can can we go all the way? Is what well, that's that's what I'm building up to. The question I'm trying to build up to, but. You know, we, I think we played Man City, wouldn't we? And, and, City, oh, oh. City,
1: Atletico. I, Atletico. Think, yeah. I always
0: say City, but it could be or Atletico. But um, yeah, you know, could we could we potentially face Liverpool in the final? Is that what? It, is that really what we want to see a Liverpool Chelsea final?
1: i going go into hibernation if we lose to Liverpool in the final. <laughs> what's the, what's the, the summer version of hibernation? I go into that honestly. Um, yeah, but one game at a time. That's always what I say. Focus on Real Madrid first. Then if it gets to Atletico or City in the semis focus on that game, which is probably going to be a very, very difficult game, because I expect it to be City, who would have learned from their mistakes in the final of last season. And Guardiola seems to know how to play against two-course Chelsea, like we saw in our, our two Premier League games against them this season. But no, I'll, I'll just say one game at a time. And, but never say never for when they get, you know, it comes to us progressing to another final. And it would be typical us to you know, get some silverware again at the end of the season given everything that's happened in the last few weeks or months so never say never
0: yeah no i agree just just off topic slightly um thomas tuchel i think last week was was tipped to be the next united manager Um, i think that's progressed since then but could you see thomas tuchel being sort of prized away from from stanford bridge no no
1: i'll just keep it simple i'll just say no (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I can't see myself either but um you know the fact that you know press is starting to ask that question and ask you know united or this club that club i think once his cell goes through i think it's you know business as usual and it, that's what it's been throughout all of this you know for, especially for thomas Tuchel, um even prior to this happening if you remember all the silly questions that were being asked of him around um the the sort of political issues going on in in the world it's business as usual and I think, you know, he, he likes obviously being at Chelsea, he loves living in London, you know, he loves the, he loves everything about the club, the players, the, he sees the vision that we've got there at the club as well so I can't, I can't see him going, um, I think it would take a lot of him to, to walk away from something that is potentially, you know, he's got a chance here and have new owners coming in to build like a, a big legacy at the club.
1: Yeah, no, like you said, um, he seems very happy, he seems to have um really, he seemed really to enjoy working with this um, Chelsea squad, and you know, all the previous managers we had, whether it was Sari, Lampard, Conte. After about a year of them in charge, there were some cracks. You know, whether it was the way they handled questions and in interviews, their demeanor, the you know relationships with certain players. Whereas, if anything, after a year of having Tuchel in charge, things have only really gotten stronger for him. Mm. The way he's you know handled questions in the press and press conferences, like those really unprofessional questions regarding of what what's happening in Ukraine and Russia his relationship with a lot of the players, I'd say about 90% of them is spot on. He seems to really mm, get the best yeah. out of them. Um, uh, so I think it's going to, uh, we'll have a new owner hopefully by the end of April. And then it will just, like you said, business as usual.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Let's, let's talk about some more silverware. FA Cup, Car- it's all we overdo on this, this podcast, so talk about silverware. Um, let's talk about F- FA Cup Middlesbrough. It was a relatively easy, Easiest game, I thought. You know, it was all wrapped up. I think in the in the first half, two nil. Um, Romelu Lukaku, could he could he really have missed that goal? I don't think so. But it is Lukaku, so anything's possible. But it was a brilliant game, uh, brilliant performance from from the team. Um, I was impressive, Hakim Ziyech. I thought he played really well throughout the game. Got a, obviously, I think it was his birthday that day as well, so he got a really good good goal from it. But I thought Mason Mout again. I thought he was the the one pulling all the strings and um it worked. You know, it works really well. What was your thoughts?
1: No, it was a decent game. Like you said, it was fairly comfortable 2-0 at half time. Um, obviously United and Tottenham playing middles, they struggled. They really struggled. Whereas we kind of made it look like a light work in a way. Um two really good goals, I thought, really well. Um the build up towards those goals was great, it was really good. I think it starts with about one of the defenders around our own penalty box with a couple of short passes and we play quickly with one touch football. Next thing you know, in front of their goal and we score. Um, like you said, Mason, that was brilliant. You, uh, you know, he offers that creativity, that energy. He uh, contributed. Was it an assist for both the goals? I think it was. Yeah, um, two assists, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he was brilliant. But also Thiago Silva, I mean, it just goes without saying he was, you know, majestic in in um, in defence, and it's such a joy to have him. And a lot of people just. You know, don't really consider him in a debate when they talk about the best centre-back, whether it's Van Dijk or or whoever it may be. But I think, honestly, this season, he's been the best centre-back, not not just in the Premier League, but in the, in the whole of Europe and the world for me. Mm. He's been absolutely brilliant. And, you know, people almost forget about his age, seeing how good he is. So um, he was brilliant again. And next thing you know, now we're in the semi-finals at Wembley, which is enjoyable.
0: Yeah. And I, I, again, I think I said this, if not on the podcast, I, I might have tweeted it, but, you know, I said, now, Thiago Silva's got to be classed as the best Premier League if not in Europe he's, he's up there definitely because for me it's his age it is his age for me I think you know you look at some of these these defenders at that age You know, 37 I think he is now they decline so quickly you know and the
1: they retire as well most of
0: them yeah yeah, yeah exactly you know the the body starts falling apart they're not as good and you know what what makes him still world class is that he isn't the fastest but he knows where to be in the right place at the right time that football brain that he's got is, is going to keep him going for the next two maybe even three years you could see him playing until he's 40 so there's not many center back not many footballers actually around at that age still playing at that level you look at like a a totally different player but the likes of someone like Jermaine Defoe or you know just someone who can still carry on and play a bit more football but you've got to have the football brain to be able to, to back that up because your legs do get slower as you get older and you know you, you do take longer to recover from you know 90 minutes plus you know in some games so I think he's up there you know Van Dyke, of course is up there you know everyone will say well what about Van Dyke? he's up there of course you know he's one of the best if not you know underneath Thiago Silva overall when you talk about what's been won as a as a player you know all the things that Thiago Silva's won over his career um and also at Chelsea you think about what he's won already at Chelsea as well it's in the short space of time that he's had it, it, it's it's not it's not it's no comparison for me
1: yeah I mean you factor in his age but it's also the level of the quality of the performance he's putting at that level as well mm-hmm. in terms of Champions League finals semi-finals he's almost playing every single game of the premier league which is about 38 games a season already plus the knockout stages of the you know the cup competitions he's extraordinary he's so unique and like you said there's no other player out there that's playing at a level at his at his age and you just do wonder what it would have been had he partnered up with john terry you know both in their primes in the premier league i think you'd yeah. be calling it the best part defensive partnership that's ever existed in my opinion
0: yeah it would have to be you know you look at You know, even you think back to like Carvalho, who was there at the time, you know, he, that was a brilliant partnership there. But to see maybe a Thiago Silva and John Terry, you know, Ashley Cole in that defence as well, you know. Ivanovic right back. Yeah, you know, and then before that, you know, even if you had, I mean, this is us going like off topic, but if you had like Makaleli in there as well or an Essien or Lampard as well bring back Zola, put Zola in there with Hazard maybe. and But yeah, you know, Jobber, Costa up front, it would, it would have been the ultimate team. But I think, you know, in terms of Thiago Silva, you know, there isn't many players. I think I think people will realise how good Thiago Silva was, especially for Chelsea when he retires. Mm. And I think that's when people will look back and say, wow, he actually played all those games and he played in that final and he done, he's not that he just played in the final, but he, he was important. You know, the importance of him being in the final is what made him so great in the final. There'll so, be a void.
1: There'll be a void when he leaves. That's oh, yeah. going to be really tough to fail.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I think, you know, if, if the clubs any, you know, or the owners who are coming in imminently, if they've got any sense, they'll, that's the first thing they'll start doing is looking at who they can bring in to replace him because it's not, you know, some players are irreplaceable. You know, you look at a Messi at Barcelona or even now, you know, look at John said, T- we with Thiago Silva there now but before that we haven't really replaced John Terry we still haven't replaced Costa we haven't replaced Didier Drogba we haven't really replaced Frank Lampard to an extent if you really you know Cesc Fabregas some of these players are just irre- irreplaceable and you can't just bring in a player that is probably potentially going to be that good but is doesn't really hit that height. so it, it's, it's it's hard right.
1: I did say, I think, a couple episodes back, but I think the smartest business in the transfer market that we've often done is getting in those experienced players, late 20s, early 30s, the likes of Thiago silva Free, Cesc Fabregas. Those mm. were the players that really worked, where sometimes these more younger players coming from a new league doesn't always pay off, not just Chelsea, but other clubs. You look at Nicolas Pepe at Arsenal, Timo Werner, Kai Havertz. It took him about a year to find his feet at Chelsea. Mm. So um, I think going into the summer, we should definitely consider that she will be allowed to buy players look at those more experienced players, you know, the players that have played in the league before that are, you know, they've got about five years of experience playing at, you know, elite, elite, comp- in elite competitions at the highest level. Um, but, but obviously now with all the hype around these like players, like Haaland, Chouameni, Camavinga, those type of players, they just automatically get attached about a 60 million price fee. And next thing you know, that they're, they're out of Real Madrid, or Barcelona, or Chelsea, or City. So there's not much you can do about it, but I, get, I think it's just the hype around the young players now is just,
0: it's hard to, to avoid. Mm. Uh, sometimes it, it doesn't work out. You know, you get these these players that are young players. You know, nineteen, twenty, and like you said, you know, they get a sixty, you know, seventy million pound um, price tag on them, and that, that then it adds pressure. You know, it brings a lot of pressure to their game. You know, they have to perform every week, and sometimes they just don't do that, and they don't they don't live up to the expectation. But I think you're right. You know, when we got Cesc Fabregas, none of us would have expected. You know, ex Arsenal player would be someone that we would grow to love and grow to appreciate at the club as well. And, you know, they, they, they're not, there's not many left of them, if we're being honest. There's not many of those players that you can bring to the club and say, right, you know, 37, 36, 35, you, you're still going to be in the team and still doing the job. So there isn't many of them left.
1: They're no-nonsense footballers as well. Silvers, the Fabregasers, they don't have yeah. this, like, lavish lifestyle of going to Dubai, posing on yachts, all into their Instagram, you know, their image online. Just, mm-hmm. They just focus on their football they're family men as well they've got families yeah, yeah. to look after so they they're very professional professionals the word i say
0: yeah yeah i i agree i agree let's let's take it back to the FA cup really quickly um, you mentioned palace um next next round it's um it's interesting about crystal palace because it really does depend which crystal palace turns up and i mean they they dismantled everton i think it was um, which is probably not an, uh, a hard task at the moment, but it depends. I really, I worry about Crystal Palace. They've got some really good, you know, I think it's so uh, Elise, you look at Eze, uh, um, yeah, they've got loads of good players there, uh, you know, Zaha as well, um, Edward as well. They've got loads of players in there, you know, I could, could probably go for the whole team and say, yeah, I expect them to put a shift in, but, What's your thoughts going into that semi-final? Because it's, like, it's at Wembley, which I disagree with. I think they should go back to the sort of neutral grounds. I don't like that Wembley thing. I think Wembley should just be for finals. Um, don't know what your thoughts are on that. But what's your thoughts on Crystal Palace as well?
1: I think on paper, it's the easiest team we could have drawn. Otherwise, it would have been mm. Liverpool or City. So I'm pleased we got Palace. But like you said, it's not an easy game. Palace will go into that, almost like treat it like a cup final. They know that if they win that, they're in the final and then they've got nothing to lose after that. So it's going to be a really tough game. And we saw, I think, back in February, the game at Selhurst Park, how tricky it was. We all thought it would be a nil-nil before Ziyech snatched it in the um, the final minutes. So I'm expecting a really tricky game. I know all those players you listed, the likes of Zaha, Mateta, Elise. they've got goals in them. They do have goals. And they've got a solid defence in Anderson and Guay. Fortunately, I think Conor Gallagher is not allowed to play. I think he's... um,
0: is is Hopefully, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if it, if that rule applies in the FA
0: Cup. I hope it does. I read somewhere that it doesn't, but I I, I need to read up on it. I'm going to check it. I'm going to check it.
1: But yeah. even seeing him play against us would feel weird, knowing that he'd probably be a Chelsea player in two months' time. Um, but um, but no, I like I said, same with Real Madrid. On paper, we are the better team. We've got the better players. We've got a a manager who um who has brought us to almost every single final that he's competed in. So um, I think it's going to be a brilliant away day for all the fans travelling. Unfortunately, I'm abroad for that. So I won't be going to Wembley, um, but I'll be watching it um, for my holiday. Um, but no, it would be a good one. It would be a good one. Not like we know, if we win that, we're in a final again against City or Liverpool. But we should always just have that mentality of focusing on each game as it comes.
0: I mean, what what are the odds that we, we face Liverpool in not just the Champions League final, but the FA Cup final? And the League Cup final. And the League Cup final, yeah, Jesus, I tried to forget about that one, but yeah, the League Cup final as well. Like, what would be the odds that we play Liverpool in three finals in one season? That I think it's going to happen.
1: And what are the odds that we get, you know, some dodgy VAR decision <laughs> against us again? It's, it's going to happen. You just know it. But um, <laughs> it, but no, I think City and Liverpool will be a really really tight game. They're so evenly matched. I feel, um, and they play each other as well. I think in the league. A couple week, a week just before, a week after. I'm yeah, not yeah. too sure. Um, but like I say, to be to, to be the best, you have to beat the best. Whether it's in a semi final, final, so bring them yeah. on. So I, I can say, and I think we were yeah. a, we were a better team against Liverpool at, at Wembley in February in the League Cup final. So there's nothing that says we can't beat them again.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I, I agree with that as well. Um, it's going to be interesting in their final because I don't think there's any transport. So there's no rails, rail rail uh, at all. That that weekend um from Manchester I think
1: should, the two teams might even share a plane is what i read something yeah. like that. So they, yeah they might
0: have to but in terms of fans i think you know um i think i think both clubs are putting on coaches i think if i read somewhere i think both clubs are going to put coaches on but it's just crazy that this is what goes back to my finger around, you know um Wembley being used as a semi-final when I was growing up it was always Newcastle Old Trafford Villa Park you know you use these neutral grounds um I think Middlesbrough or Stadium of Light maybe one year as well but just it's about the money it's about
1: the money now they know they can fill out Wembley they know the commercial value of Wembley is a lot higher than a Stadium of Light Newcastle Stadium Villa Park yeah it's just from a money perspective it makes
0: sense it's good for for fans because not everyone gets the opportunity to go to Wembley so if you can't for instance make the final or you don't get a ticket for the final you've got an opportunity to get a ticket for the semi-final at Wembley so I, I get that point but it just takes away a little bit of that getting to Wembley, you know, in the final, but it, it's, it's minimal stuff that I'm moaning about on a Monday. The, afternoon. the majority
1: the majority of Liverpool fans live in London, let's be honest.
0: Yeah, and United as well. And United. Let's have, yeah. it, let's have it right. So to be fair, they don't need that many coaches because they can just get the, <laughs> the overground. Um, but yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be a good final uh, semi-final with Palace. I think, you know, Patrick Vieira is going to want, want this as well. I think that team that he's put, he's, he's built he's put together um obviously with the back of royce not all patrick's uh doing but he's got the team playing really well and i think you know like you said that they will treat this like a final they will want to try and get to the final i'm sure it's a gateway into europe as well so if they can win the fa cup then you know it's a gateway into europe for next season so um i think i've just checked conor gallagher can't play for them so i think he's illegible um but with the government and everything going on, I wouldn't be surprised if they just say, yep, just roll out Conor Gallagher, put him in a team, it's fine. They've, they've, been, they've been sanctioned, so anything goes. But um, no, it'd be, it's going to be, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's a different, it's, it's good to see a different team in a semi-final. Um, you know, I know we've had the, sort of the, the odd random team come up, but Crystal Palace, I think are a good team. You know, they're like I said, Pachovia is doing really well with them, but I do expect us to beat them. You know, I think if we can get through that semi-final... I'm. I'm not bothered if it's City or Liverpool. You know, I think you said it right. You know, we beat Man City in the, the Champions League last season, and we we should have won that that League Cup. You know, there's no only Liverpool fans and people that don't like Chelsea will say that we didn't deserve to win that League Cup. But we won it fair and square. He was onside. There was about six or seven decisions after that in different games where they gave it as on uh, uh, onside when he was off when they were offside. So it,
1: I mean, they should have finished the game with ten men as well
0: yeah oh well, yeah have yeah Chalabar yeah so not to get back into that anyway but um but yeah no we've got a good couple of weeks coming up I feel like you know we've had that break the international break we've had all the sort of circus that's going on of the sale of the club um looking forward to getting back to Brentford I think Brentford's a a, a key game we've got to start focusing we haven't really spoke about the league as such but we've got to focus on you know building points and, and getting away from the, the pack that's chasing us for for the Champions League spot
1: yeah, it's a big month of football, April. Really, really big month of football. You could even say it's season-defining, semi-final in the FA Cup, mm-hmm. battle for top four still, and quarter final against Real Madrid, who've won the Champions League 13 times, let's not forget. So um, it's going to be a big, big month of football and starting with Brentford on Saturday.
0: Yeah, just before we wrap up, I am going to put you on the spot. I know you said take one game as, as we do, but who would you rather play in the final of both the Champions League and the FA Cup Buy yeah. Munich and the Champions League.
1: Mm. And, mm. Uh, yeah, but I just avoid the English teams um and revenge against Liverpool in the FA Cup.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, well, I agree with the, the FA Cup, I, I think Champions League. I'd love Liverpool. I'd love to I'd love to beat Liverpool in the Champions League as well. Uh it's doable. They're going those words going to come back to haunt me, so I'm sure Hopefully they don't, but I'm sure they will. But um, yeah, let's wrap up Um, because I know it's it's a busy afternoon for both of us. So let's let's talk about the, the socials as I mentioned at the start of the uh, episode 5000 followers on Instagram which is a massive achievement I think you know Theo some of the work you've put on, on there you know all your um, I don't know what they're called on there they're not called
1: uh, reels I think reels, reels. that's gonna yeah.
0: case shorts but I think that's <laughs> YouTube with shorts but yeah your reels that you're putting up um I had to get involved the other day so apologies if I offended anyone um but yeah, you know, follow the accounts. Um, they're all at the top there. So if you just give them a follow um, from the Shed End on Twitter, from the Shed End with underscores between each of the words on Instagram. And of course, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is the most important one, because it's the one that's got the the fewest subscribers. I think we've got 40 or just about. So we're getting the views, but we're not getting a So smash the subscribe button um and of course spotify apple music you can also listen to the audio podcast on there as well we are on f- episode 57 so next episode will be our sort of birthday be our birthday episode one year we from the shed end so theo um you know i can't wait to record that one hopefully with a, a couple of wins under our belt uh, brentford and potentially real madrid by the time we record so um but as always you know appreciate you joining me um looking forward to recording next week until then everyone stay safe and we will be back next week with another episode of from the shed m podcast thanks for listening